Good morning, Full Life family. I don't have divided loyalties, I promise you. You guys see my jacket? I promise you I'm still a Georgia fan, I promise. <laughs> I'm wearing this. You'll find out, you kind of see here in a minute why I'm wearing this. So anyway, how's everybody doing this morning? You good? Glad to be in church? Have you enjoyed just being in the presence of God today? I hope you have. And can you do me a favor? Can you help us welcome those who are watching us online? Come on. We're so glad you're tuning in today. And we know that you've enjoyed the presence of God like we have in the room. So we're in a series, in case you're new to Full Life, we're in a series called At the Movies. And we have been using modern uh, movies to just to give you some biblical principles, some modern-day parables, right, to teach you about some biblical principles. And so week one, we did Hacksaw Ridge, and we talked about how that we, we really just want to go after that one more, right? Remember what he said? Give me, help me, help me say it. Give me one more, just one more. And then last week, Ron did a fantastic job. How many of you were here to hear Ron last week? He did such a great job uh, just talking to us about Jesus' revolution and really just talk, talking to you about the impact that, that era made and then how it's still, Jesus still wants to move in our day. Amen? So today, we're going to talk about a, a movie called Rudy. Anybody heard, ever heard of Rudy? Ever seen the movie Rudy? Okay, yeah, we got some fans in here, and that's great. So we're going, to, we're going to talk about this movie today, and here's how I want to kind of set it up. If you've never seen it, it's about a guy named Rudy Rudiger. I, I'm going to, I know I butchered his name, but anyway, this little fella, he's really a little fella, right, wants to play football for the University of Notre Dame. And so he has this dream in his heart to do it, even from a young age. And, of course, you know, looks can be deceiving, right? So he, he runs into some obstacles. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of set this up for you. And as you're watching this first clip, I want you to, to notice uh, their, his family's interaction to what he says. And then watch him as he's zoning in and honing in on a dream in his heart, okay? So let's watch this first clip together. You notice what's going on? Those wheels are turning. There's a dream being birthed inside of him right there. Now, you also notice that his, his dad and his brothers are making fun of him for the dream. So he, here's what we're, how we'll set this up. Not everybody's going to be tickled about your dream, right? We'll talk about a little bit more about that. But the truth is, the people that, who want to influence you the most sometimes are the ones who discourage you the most. Is that right? Um, not just parents and, and friends and maybe even brothers and sisters, but also influencers like teachers. And so I want to show you another clip because, remember, Rudy's got a dream. All right, hold on to that. He's got a dream in his heart. There's something that he wants to accomplish. It's bigger than him. Watch this. give up right now on your dream just because dad and brother and teacher are saying you can't do it I would be tempted to give up wouldn't you 
but he doesn't. And here, so here's the cool thing about the story. If you watch the, the movie, you'll know that the only person that really believes in his dream is his best friend, Pete. And so Pete and him go to work. This is after high school, after he finishes high school. He goes to work at the mill that his dad works in. It's a steel mill. And he, he and his, his friend Pete work together. And they're on break one day. And it's, it's actually Rudy's birthday. And so Pete pulls out this Notre Dame jacket, a letterman's jacket that he found at a thrift store. And he gives it to Rudy for his birthday. And, and he's like, Rudy, you know, follow your dream. And, and Rudy recognizes this is the only person who actually believes in this dream inside of me. Well, the story goes on and there's a tragic accident. I want to show you this. And this is kind of intense, but I want you to get this because this moment that Rudy's about to face is a catalytic moment in his life to really continue to springboard him toward this dream that he's, that's in his heart. And so I want you to watch this because this kind of sets up his, where he's going. Watch. Moment, huh? It's those moments in your life that God will get you in a position. He'll position you for what He has for you, the dream that's inside of you. And sometimes they're not pleasant like that one. But He had to follow that dream, and it was, it was deep inside of Him. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament, in the Bible, that actually parallels Rudy's story. You know, there's a, a guy named Jacob in the Bible who has 12 sons, and he has one son. Anybody know what his name is? I heard it, Joseph. And so Joseph is the favorite of Jacob, and it causes a lot of problems. We'll get into that in just a second. But Joseph's story is very similar to Rudy's. And here's, here's how it works. So God gives Joseph a dream. And the dream, he, he begins to tell to his family. I want to read this and count, but, but before I do, I need you to understand something, that God has put a dream in your heart. How many of you believe God has put a dream in your heart? And here's the question. What is that grand dream that God's put in your heart? If he's put it there, can I give you some good news? It'll come to pass. 
How many believe that? He'll, it'll come to pass if he's given it to you. Here's the second thing to consider. Even though it's going to come to pass, you're going to face challenges. You're going to face uncertainty. You're going to face setbacks in your life. But it doesn't mean the dream won't come to pass. So what do you have to do? You have to believe that God's given you this dream. And I'll say this too. No dream worth waiting for or worth pursuing is easily achieved. It's going to be hard sometimes. Amen? So you also have to understand that God is doing something beyond you, something more weighty. And I'll say it this way. It's an eternal weight. The purpose and the dream that God's put in your heart is a lofty, eternal dream that will impact people. I believe it's for eternity. And so keep that in mind as we, we look at this story of Joseph because, as I said, Joseph's story, it parallels Rudy's. I want to read to you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 37. And I want you to see this. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, what does it say? They hated him. It says even more, right? And I'll, and I'll get into that in just a second. But next verse. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Verse 9. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way, well, notice that, and the way he talked about them. So, you know, that's, that's, I want you to just keep that in mind, that whole idea of how he said it, right? So soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it, listen, I have had another dream, he said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father, what did his father do? Does this sound familiar? Do you see the parallels? His brothers are making fun of him. His dad scolds him. What kind of dream is that, he said. Will your mother and I, your brothers, actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So you can see the parallel, right? That here it is. Joseph has a dream. He shares the dream. And his brothers and his dad couldn't see how this arrogant teenager could actually have a dream that was from God. Now, why is that? I'll say it this way. We all filter communication through our own dysfunction, right? Now, if any family was dysfunctional, this one was. So Joseph was the favorite of, of Jacob, and the other brothers knew it. That's why they hated him. And so you can, you can, you can imagine that anything that came out of Joseph's mouth, they wouldn't going to like it, right? But here's another reality. I believe that he, he, he was an arrogant teenager. Anybody ever listen to an arrogant teenager? Maybe you have one at home. And so I believe that maybe he didn't share it quite the right way. That there was probably a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance in that. And so it was hard for them to receive this message that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you're going to bow before me. And it was almost like, oh, I'm going to be over you. But they didn't understand. There was something they didn't understand. That the dream that God had given Joseph was all about helping them in a time of need. They just couldn't see it. Now, I will also say, I don't think Joseph totally knew what the dream meant either. Because how many of you know if, if God shows you all of it at once, it'd probably scare you to death, right? You probably wouldn't even try. And so here's what God's doing. He's given him a dream. It's God-sized. It's huge. And the brothers have a hard time. The dad has a hard time because they're filtering it through this dysfunction. So here's some advice for you. Remember this. Number one, choose wisely who you share your dream with. Because not everybody's going to be in your corner on it, right? Number two, communicate it clearly with humility. And here's why. Because if the dream's not you, about you or from you, it's from God, then you're going to say, you know what? This is, this is pretty humbling. How many would say that? God's going to choose me to do something great? It's pretty humbling, isn't it? And so when you communicate it, Clearly and with humility, guess what? People receive it more easily. Here's the other thing to consider. 
This dream is about God's purpose. It's about his purposes that he wants to work through you, in you and through you. And if you'll remember that, you'll never give up, right? And so, remember, God's put this dream in your heart. And, and you need to understand that not everybody's going to embrace it. You're going to have some dream killers. How I many of you are going to have some dream killers? Maybe you've already had some people speak. You've, you've shared a dream, and, and somebody has, has killed that dream. And the truth is, they're, they're well-meaning. Right? They don't mean to, to kill your dream. Here's what they'll say. I'm just trying to be realistic. Anybody ever heard that? And so I want to show you another clip. Remember the teacher? This teacher, man, he's, he's a piece of work, right? Would you agree? So watch this, and, and we'll continue. dreams and blame it on God you see what's the reason you don't have the grades you don't you're not Notre Dame material that's basically what he's saying right some people well-meaning they're seeing it realistically because they don't they believe your dream is foolish they believe that wow this is too lofty but that's the moment you need to dig in even more and here's what you need to do. You need to do the hard work of making sure that you understand that the dream is God-given. How do you do that? How do you know with all certainty that the dream God's put in you is really from Him? Anybody know? I heard it. Somebody said it. Prayer. God's Word. Listen, if, it's, if He put it in you, He'll confirm it in prayer. He'll confirm it through his word. And when he confirms it, guess what? You can take it to the bank. You can stand on it as a conviction that it will come to pass. But listen, if you don't do, do that hard work of solidifying it in your heart that it's from him, that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he spoke it and he put it inside you, you'll give up the first time there's any resistance. You'll give up the first time somebody says, you can't do that. Amen. So you got to do that hard work. you got to make sure that it's God and he's confirming it in you. And when you do, like Rudy, it doesn't matter what people say, right? It doesn't matter what people tell you can't be done. If God's in it, even if it looks impossible, it's going to happen. Amen. Can I get an amen, everybody? This is true. It's true for you. It's true for Rudy. And so... When you do the hard work, you need to understand the impact. The loftier the goal, the loftier the dream, the loftier the thing that God, the greater the impact that God wants to do in you. Amen? Some of you in this room, God wants to use you to be a world changer. How many of you believe you're a world changer? Come on, somebody. I believe it. Maybe you don't yet, but I do. Your resolve is what's going to keep you. But you also need to understand something. Satan doesn't want you to succeed either, right? He doesn't want your dream to come to pass. Why does he not want the dream to come to pass? Because he knows that you, he wants you to make an internal impact, eternal impact. And so he will try to rob you. He'll try to lie to you. How many of you know he speaks lies? That's his native language. 
So he's going to tell you the same thing. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's not from God. He'll cause you to try to doubt it. He'll, he'll say the same thing that he did to Adam and Eve. Did God really say? But if you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God's spoken, you can say to him, listen, I'm not listening to that lie. I will move forward with what God has put in my heart to do. Amen. So, but I will say that disappointments, they'll come. Setbacks will come. But don't let it discourage you. Pursue the dream anyway. You see, Rudy's journey to play football and, and graduate, it came with setbacks. So if you follow the story, you know he, he goes. He, put, he hops on a bus to South Bend. And even the moment he hops on the bus, his dad shows up at the bus stop trying to stop him from going. You know what he does? He gets on that bus. He gets to, he gets to South Bend, and, hey, he don't get into Notre Dame right away. Takes him like two years to get into Notre Dame. But he doesn't give up. Rejection letter after rejection letter from Notre Dame. You know what he does? He keeps going. He goes to the stadium and he's actually, I don't know how he got in. He, got, he gets into the stadium. He's looking around the stadium, dreaming of playing for Notre Dame. One of the maintenance guys sees him and says, you don't belong here. What are you doing here? And he ends up, they end up becoming friends, and he ends up working in the stadium on the maintenance team. He's working his way toward his dream. He doesn't give up. Setback after setback after disappointment comes, and yet he doesn't give up. Well, how many of you know Joseph had the same thing happen? So Joseph has this dream. He dreams of this happening, and his brothers hate him so much, they decide they're going to kill him. And then one brother steps in and says, let's don't kill him. Let's just sell him to a, to, a, to a slave trade. So that's what they do. They sell him to a group of people, and he ends up in a place called Potiphar's house. It's a, a Potiphar. He's like the main, he's like the warden of a prison, basically. And he ends up in... Potiphar's house. And guess what happens? God blesses Joseph in Potiphar's house. He actually comes to the place where he has so much wisdom and runs things so well, Potiphar says, you run the show. You run my household. I'm not going to worry about anything. Well, Joseph's, I mean, Potiphar's wife has her eye on Joseph. She wants to seduce him. Let's just be honest, right? So day in and day out, She's after him. He's like, no, no, no. I, I, I can't do that to my, my master. And then one day, it's so intense that he has to actually run. How many of you know it's good to run from temptation? Amen. Amen? But he leaves his coat behind. And so she uses this as an opportunity to accuse Joseph of impropriety. Watch this. Genesis chapter 39. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me. Don't you love that, that translation? But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Notice that. There he remained. Now, how many of you would have already given up? Wait, wait, God. You said I would be elevated to a place of honor, and I'm in prison. This isn't quite going how he envisioned it. Has anybody ever had that happen? Where you had a dream, and it didn't quite go how you wanted it to go, and you got discouraged. Did you want to give up? Can you imagine how Joseph failed? He wanted to give up. Well, that's not the only disappointment that Joseph faced. So he's in prison, and guess what happens in prison? God elevates him. And the warden of the, I mean, the, the prison guard says, hey, you run the show. How many places do you know the prisoners running the show? That just doesn't happen. So God's favor's on him. They recognize it, and he gets elevated to run in the jail, the prison. Well, these two the ba a baker and a butler that worked for the Pharaoh, the king, somehow they make Pharaoh mad. So he throws them into prison, and they both have a dream. 
And, and guess who interprets the dream for him? Joseph. And so he interprets one for, you know, the cup, cupbearer, baker, gives them both a dream, interprets the dream for them. And then Pharaoh says, okay, you're in my good graces again. They bring him out of prison. And before they go, let's just read this. I'll show you this. Watch this. It says, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the, the chief cupbearer to his former position so he again could hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, what did he do? Forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. So here we see again, Joseph is facing disappointment. God, I thought you were going to elevate me. And here I am forgotten about in this dark prison. How many of you have already given up? It would be so tempting to give up. But God, right? But God. And so folks, this, this question I want to ask you. What do you do when, when things in life don't quite turn out like you envisioned them to? What do you do? It's easy to give up, right? It's easy to quit. I liken it to what's happened over the last three years. I mean, you know, 2020 was a rough year. How many would say that was a huge setback? Not for some, but the entire globe. We faced a huge setback. And I get it. Times have been tough financially. Grocery prices, gas prices, racial tension. I mean, there's been all kind of setbacks over the last few years. And there's even what we've encountered, what we've called the great resignation. Anybody ever heard that, that, that term, the great resignation? People are just giving up all over the place. I give up. Throwing in the towel. Folks, I get it. It's been hard. But I have this question for you as followers of Jesus. Do you still believe that God is in control? Do you still believe He has a dream for you? Do you still trust Him? This is the part that's hard. Do you still trust Him that He's sovereignly working on your behalf? I heard yes. That's great. I want to show you this clip. So Rudy's been facing disappointment. He's had setback after setback. He finally, listen folks, he finally gets into Notre Dame. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? And he goes, I mean, this guy's got a lot of boldness. He goes into the coach's office, the football coach, storms into the office, says, hey, I want to play football for Notre Dame. And the coach says, okay, we got tryouts in the, in the, in the fall. So he tries out, and guess what? He makes the practice squad. You guys, know, you guys that know football, you're familiar with the, what the practice squad is? Here's what happens in the practice squad. You get your brains beat out every day, but you never get to play in a real game. That's, is that a good summary? I've never played football like that, but some of you, maybe you understand. Two years of week, and remember how, how small he is, right? I mean, he's getting killed every day. Every day, getting his brains beat out by these big football players. He doesn't give up. Well, right before his senior year, he goes to the coach and says, Hey, I've busted my butt. Would you at least let me dress for one game? My, my dad would love to see me on TV. I'd love to do this for my family. Will you let me dress? Just let me dress for one game. And the coach agrees. But guess what happens? A few months later, a new coach comes in. Doesn't know about the promise. And so that senior year comes, comes around. First game, active roster, he's not there. Game after game after game, he checks the roster. No name. Comes down to the last day, last game. Goes to the roster. Guess what? His name's not there. So you know what he's going to do? I've had enough. I'm tired of getting killed, and I still, I'm still not going to be able to go on that field. 
So he's going to quit. So he goes to the stadium. And I want to show you this clip. This is a pretty powerful clip. His buddy, remember the maintenance guy that's his buddy, comes and sees him in the stadium. I want you to watch this interaction. Hmm. So what do you do when you face disappointment? Do you trust that God has a plan? Do you trust that he's in control? And here's the thing. Do you trust his word? How many of you trust his word? So here's the thing. You need to understand this, that God has the plan, and if he has the plan, his word will confirm it that he has your plan, and he has the dream inside of you. It will work. Here's what the word says. You can, you, know, you can trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with how? All your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the right path to take. What's it take? Do you trust him? Do you seek him? And when you seek him, what does he do? He orders your steps. I was just reading it this morning. I can make my plans. But the Lord is the one that's going to order my steps. Do you believe that today? He's put that God-sized dream inside of you. And you can fulfill it. And you can also know that God's working in the disappointment, in working it for your good. How do I know? God's Word says it. Romans 8, 28 and we know that in all things God works for thee. Say it loud. To those who love him who are called according to your purpose. Whose purpose? His. Remember that. You have to remember it's his purpose. It's his dream inside of you. And it will not go as you planned. It'll go as he planned. What a great reminder, yeah? So when you're in the middle of disappointment and it seems dark, hold on to that promise. God said, I will work it out for your good. Now Satan's not going to give up on you, right? He's going to discourage you. He's going to try to, to cause you to just focus in on and, and your attention on what's not happening that God promised. And you need to turn your attention. Here's what you need. You need a paradigm shift. 
Amen? Believe. Hold tightly to the conviction that God has the dream for you. Why? Because of the impact that you're going to make. I have to keep continuing going. It's the eternal impact that God wants to do through you. So, Rudy... graduates from Notre Dame. Can you picture this with me? He's in front of, he's walking across the stage in his gown with his degree, and he's out there going, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. All of you doubters, you told me it wouldn't happen or couldn't happen. You know, I can imagine that teacher being there in the, guess what, buddy? I am fit for Notre Dame. Now, obviously, that's probably not the greatest attitude. That's probably what I would do, but that's, that shows you how human I am. My flesh wants to rise up and say, told you so. Anybody else would have done that? You know you would have. So he goes back to practice after that speech. And so his, his buddies, on that last game, that last day, before the last game, all of the players have watched this kid get his brains beat in week in and week out. And they're impressed. Actually, the coach says to all of them, listen, if you guys would have this heart like Rudy, you'd all be All-Americans because you got the talent. And they all, one by one, go into the coach's office and take their jerseys and say, Pat, uh, uh, Coach, let Rudy play in my place today. One by one, they come walking in. Every one of them, laying their jerseys on his desk. Hey, let, let Rudy play in my place. Let him take my roster spot. So finally the coach agrees to let him dress for that last game. I want to show you this clip. These last two, man, they get my motor running, okay? I hope they do for you. But watch this, watch this.
dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung gold chains around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. Folks, the dream is bigger than Joseph. Did God give him that place of power just for the sake of having place of power? No. A long time ago, he knew what would happen. He knew there would be seven years of plenty. There would need to be food stored up. And then he also knew there would be seven years of famine where that food would have to be used to distribute to all the land. Egypt, including, guess who? Joseph's family. They're going to starve to death if they don't get this food. God sends Jacob and his brothers to Egypt. And it's so cool because the brothers come first and Joseph recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And you would, you would think that, hey, here's my brothers. Let me, I'm, I'm in charge. Let me make them pay. That's not what happened. He forgave them. They had this huge reunion. They're all crying. And man, it's a great reunion. Jacob comes. Joseph feeds them, gives them food, all the things they need, all the supply they need. And then... Jacob passes. So the brothers are afraid once Jacob dies that Joseph is, that's going to be his moment to take revenge. So they're scared. But watch what he says to them. Watch this. But Joseph replied, talking to the brothers, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? In other words, he recognizes God has put me here, not for that, but to actually do the opposite, to bless you. Watch this. You intended To harm me, but what does he say? God intended it all for, say it loud. Remember Romans 8, 28? He works all things together for good. Do y'all believe that? And notice what he says. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. The dream became a reality. But you notice it wasn't about Joseph. It was about salvation. Now, it was about salvation of Egypt. It was about salvation of Jacob and his, all of his family. But there's even a greater, more eternal purpose. Because here's what happened. In, in Jacob's lineage, guess who came? You guys know that, right? Several thousand years later, a baby's born in a manger who the shepherds and the wise men recognize as the Savior. John the Baptist recognizes as Savior of the world. Now, do you see this? That not only was it a temporary salvation, but ultimately it's eternal. Y'all see that? That the dream that God put in Joseph's heart was not about Joseph. It was about eternal salvation. Come on, somebody. The same is true for you. God has put you on planet earth. He's put a dream inside of you, not for your sake, but for the sake of somebody that you will come in contact with that you can impact for eternity. That's why he gives you the dreams. Amen? Thank you. Here's, the, here's how this works, folks. The Great Commission is really a, the dream. What is the Great Commission? Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's your dream. Oh, really? Yes. But it may look a little different for you than it does me. For me, it's hanging out at Starbucks and, and, and interacting with baristas and anybody else that would come in and have, have a conversation with and share the gospel with. For you, it may be on your job. For you, it may be in your neighborhood. Whatever it is, it's a dream inside of you that God will use you for eternal impact. I got one more clip I want to show you. And again, this is, 
very inspiring. Because remember, he graduates from Notre Dame and he runs on the field. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get in the game. But if you've not seen the movie, this will help you.
Anybody else want to go chase a dream? Folks, God's positioned you for such a time as this. Like Esther, you guys know the story of Esther. In a moment, in this season, God has positioned you. He's put something in your heart. It's about him. So what's what's your response today? Number one, through prayer, through seeking God and reading his word, discover what this dream is that's bigger than you. Discover that it's a dream he's put in your heart. Number two, be aware. You're going to have some dream killers, amen? You're going to have some naysayers who are going to tell you it can't be done. And you're going to say, no, 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 I've heard from God. I have the strong conviction that, he's, that he is leading me, that I'm on the right path. Amen. Wisely, clearly, humbly share your dream. Just know, folks, disappointment's going to come. It's going to happen. You're going to face setbacks. Don't give up. Because remember, I believe there's some eternal consequences to this. God's positioned you for eternity to make an eternal impact. Don't give up. Somebody else is counting on it. Amen? And then understand that God is giving you this dream. And it is for eternal impact. Would you stand this morning? Thank you for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.